Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tej Talks. Uh, on today's show, we have Priya and Jasmine from the Hard Hat Developers. Uh, I've known them for, I think, about a year now, uh, and it's amazing to see their growth on social media um, and to see the awesome, awesome commercial to Resi project they are working on. The figures are very saucy. Um, they're in YPN Magazine. Go check it out to see uh, some of the pictures of what they're working on. But, you know, this, top, this uh, podcast, we kind of cover a few different topics, you know, how to find a JV, how to find contractors, uh, the difference between contractors and builders, um, how they've grown, and actually why they like commercial properties over residential, and some of the differences between both, and some of the figures, realities, and difficulties that naturally come with doing bigger deals. So if you're interested in developments, commercial to resi, this is for you. Priya, Jasmine, welcome to the TED Talks podcast. Thanks for having us. We're uh, recording this in a very professional studio environment right now, wow. so uh, the sound quality should be amazing. Yeah. Um, so, property, hard hat developers, before we get into what you're doing now, which is really interesting, really awesome, like, how did you both get into property? What were you doing before property, if there was anything? Should we go first? Um, so, prior to working in property I worked in banking in commercial banking in the city for seven and a half years I then got made redundant and was kind of looking for my next role um, my dad invests on the side it's kind of like his side business hobby kind of slash he just loves it and so he was like why don't you come and work with me his portfolio is getting a little bit too big for him to handle and he was like work with me see if you like it and start your own portfolio and if you don't at the time I was like 25 maybe 26 so he was like you can go and get another job it's not really going to be much of a hindrance to you um I started in property and um kind of have never got another job amazing um I started investing when I was 19 um I bought my I bought property at university and so I kind of did uni and bought a couple of houses and then I went into a full-time job in the city and then I was buying property alongside it and then in 2016 I decided to go full-time. And did you both enjoy the jobs you had before? I yeah. loved my job. Yeah. Do you, do you miss like having a job and doing that or you love Sometimes. Sometimes. I miss company because when I used to work in the banking industry... We were a team of like 80 and we kind of, we all knew each other. We were all quite young graduates. We were, we had a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, when you, well, came, when we came into property, it was kind of a lot more lonely. And I found myself some days prior to working with Jasmine, just literally talking to myself, my dad or an agent. Like it, it was, yeah. it was boring. I also struggled because we had quite an active social life prior working in the city and whatever. And then a lot of my friends also still continue to work in the city. Yeah. And then when you're not there all the time and you're kind of not part of that, I found myself literally going to work, coming home, and then starting the day again. And there was kind of no break up mm. because I, lot I miss of, the structure. Yeah, routine. Mm -hmm. I miss the, like, coming home after, like, 6 o'clock and going out and not feeling guilty yeah. or having a weekend or going on holiday and not like, oh, my God, did somebody email me and... Oh, what if this isn't sorted out and oh my god there's a problem here and I, I miss like sh and shutting off mentally and I think that was the one good thing about corporate life that you could actually just go home and not care and then go back to work and that's all you're doing and how long have you both been self-employed for now I'm coming up to four years I was actually self-employed in my prior job so I've been self-employed since I was 23 and does it get any easier, the kind of being able to switch off and not like check your emails on a Sunday and not kind of be always involved? Um, I think for me it's got worse. I used to be a lot, lot better at it. And as we progressively got busier, I find 
some days especially during covid especially like now there's no difference between a weekend and a weekday mm. and prior to covid i can't we, we both did we had a lot more routine structure the gym in the morning start your day fresh and obviously we didn't have any of that as no did did anybody else but kind of we lost that and that's something i think this month we're really trying to get back because we are we're, we're very organized and like routine and efficiency and at the moment we're all a bit over the place because yeah. things are very very busy yeah and i'm sure with everyone though as well like in lockdown it was actually quite nice it was almost corporate ish if that makes sense because we took on obviously social media that was a big kind of task that we took on during actual lockdown lockdown when nobody was allowed at the beginning and we sorted out a lot of like admin tasks and kind of obviously you weren't really able to go look for property etc however i found that we were in almost a routine we'd have two or three different meetings in the week they were scheduled we would get our work done and i would actually switch off at seven o'clock in the night because there was no travel time there was no talking to agents there was no going to the gym there was no going to see friends and family so actually my work day was i'd get up i'd meditate a little bit or i'd work out a little bit maybe and then i'd make food i'd have an evening i'd clean the house on the weekends there was some sort of weird covid routine mm. and then when they opened up the opened up property that's when I, when real life seeped into lockdown life i think both of us quite struggled to deal with like how we went we went from dealing with like normal life to then we adjusted to covid life and we actually got a routine and we were still very busy but not like when we went back to normal busy i think it's really taken its toll on us so we're now on board in a va because it's just got too it's just got too much at this point to be honest amazing so just going back to what you said there, I mean, you bought your first property when you were 19. Yeah. So how many years ago was that? I mean, that is really nosy. Are you trying to ask my age? I'm trying to ask how long you've been in property. It would technically now be 11 years. So what's the single biggest change you've seen over 11 years in property? Also not in myself. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, in property, I don't know. Um there's just so many and I think that probably the biggest one that I can see is that the shift in lending and the shift in like for instance when I bought when I bought a HMO like a student one there was no HMO products it was there was none of that stuff around and it was very difficult to buy in a company structure there was very little mortgages available in company structures everything was bought in personal names and you you wouldn't get a lender saying, oh, you're buying a property in a company and you've got no company accounts or... There'd be none of that. So I think, I guess lending has weirdly somewhat changed the most and stayed the same the most. Okay. And then that leads us to kind of more of the present. How did you both meet each other? Um, I met Jasmine I think about five years ago and we weren't really well, Jasmine's partner is my best friend so then we, we kind of met occasionally here and there but kind of didn't really we was always in large groups we never really spoke to, to each other much and then as I started my transition into the property world he was like why don't you just meet her be your catch-up and I was just like oh I don't really want to like I don't know yeah typical me though like not really wanting to anyway we met we went for a coffee I think that's and so upsetting because I was like sure no problem what is she you just tell her to call me I'll meet her yeah but she's coming with really good energy I was good to know good yeah, to know yeah you know that though uh-huh uh-huh but I'm like that by any, meeting anybody my feelings are not hurt <laughs> and then we met up a few times and we um kind of just um, my dad at the point in time was involved in a lot more commercial stuff than residential and um, so obviously that just became a topic of discussion Jasmine was also at the time thinking of she well, she wanted a new challenge so we kind of thought we'd start a journey of kind of studying and researching and exploring the commercial property world a lot more than the residential I had also at this point bought a few residential properties and kind of was a bit like a bit bored um, so we kind of had some brainstorming sessions. We sat together for quite some time, and then it kind of just evolved organically. Yeah. And then here we are. Here we are. And you know, a lot of people meet someone at a training event or something, and then they walk out their JVs, and then you know the rest is history. Who knows what happens? Um, 
when you're finding a JV partner, this sounded so organic and so natural, but you would have noticed things about each other. You would have been assessing each other for suitability as you do in business. What do you think it was about each other that it happened so naturally? And it sounds like it just flowed into a great partnership. I guess there's quite a lot of reasons. I think trust is quite a big reason of it. We didn't we didn't meet each other on a Monday and then on a Sunday find a property and was like, okay, this is it. We actually knew each other for, I'm not saying like 10 years, we knew each other for like a year or so. And we looked for, we went through like a specific program together as well. Like we were both interested in the same thing. And I think that Priya put her money where her mouth was in terms of her own education and her own kind of want to, to build something. I also did the same. Um, we both had come from family backgrounds in property also. Both of our families were quite um, encouraging. And we also created a friendship outside of property. Mm. So they were kind of simultaneous together. And I think from there, that's why it was quite organic. There was, especially in our first deal, just as much money I put in, Priya also put in. It was very 50-50 on a lot of things. And every conversation has, for the most part, been 50-50. And... I think as both of us had our own personal issues going on during when we were looking for for projects and all started a project, the other one automatically stood in for the other without even having to be asked. Mm. And I think when you're when you're when you do stuff like that, it almost just becomes a natural thing to be like, okay, because I think both of us never really assumed that we would have partners outside of like business partners outside of our family. Mm. It's never something I had wanted. It's never something I thought of. And I think kind of the same could be said for Priya. Mm. We're generally not very trusting people, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. Not that friendly either. Oh, yeah. I know. I can tell. It's still not friendly to me after me for a year. Yeah, so I'm like, I was, I was very... I think we bought you enough Nandos over the last year. To you bought me one Nandos. Oh my goodness, you lot are fighting. Like in exchange. In exchange for Stop. your bloody social media. Nandos. Guys. No, it's only been one Nandos. No, you know, Listening. It may have been one. It may have been two. But it was the best Nandos you've been to. It was, yes, yeah, there it was. Go. Yeah, absolutely. I still think it was more than one, but I need to find out. I can't, I don't even care. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. My point is that, you know Maybe what? Maybe it was ten, who cares? With you, I wish it was ten. With you two, there's a lack of ego between yourselves because a lot of JD partners will say, oh, you got personal issues. Oh, just deal with it then. Like That's your responsibility. But you, without even needing any of that crap, filled in for each other, which means you understand each other. And that's so important. It's yeah. something people don't think But about. I think that comes from understanding family yeah. and dynamics. So... What Jasmine's referring to is my grand passed away during the purchase of Denton Road. And obviously at that point in time it was unexpected for us. It was it was it was a hard period of time for my family as well. And so certain things for, predominantly a lot of the broker stuff, like trying to find the right product, trying to find the find the right lending, I wasn't too involved in because of everything that had happened and when things like that do happen, they do happen overnight. It's yeah. not it's not something you can plan for or forecast. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it swings around about. I had it for a few months. Jasmine likes to travel a lot. When she goes on holiday, I don't say to her, well, you've got to do this today. <laughs> and if you don't do this, then I can't, I can't do it. I actually get told off when I'm on holiday. For working. Yeah. She's, she's like, annoying. Just leave me alone. It's like my free reign. I can do my work when I need to do it. Don't um, have to answer to anybody. Especially like, so I went away for like a month um, and my time zone was totally different. And I was oh, like, God. oh, so I'd wake up and obviously she could probably be asleep. And I'm like, has this been done? Do you need anything? What, what's going on? Like, I've got a couple hours. Like, what, what should I be doing? Like, I don't really, I think, and the, the one good, the funny thing is sometimes we have conversations with one another and like we'll be in a meeting or whatever and like Priya will say to me oh but I don't want you to feel like I'm not pulling my weight and I also then have the same feeling back to so I'll be like no I'll do this bit and she'll be like no I'll do it and neither of us ever want to feel that we are not bringing the same amount of energy and effort to the table as the other one and obviously just like anything there are peaks and troughs but we never want to feel like we're taking advantage of each other mm. and each other's time I think that's important because some people go into a JV hoping that the other person will take responsibility for stuff, will do stuff that they maybe don't want to or don't or can't be bothered to do, yeah. when actually it's both about... It's like any relationship. It's balance. So yeah. yeah, balancing and understanding each other. So you got into business together, yeah. and your first thing was going to be commercial. You decided already you yeah, commercial. Yeah. What was your first deal together? Um, our first project... What, yeah, your first project was... Was um, Denton Road. Um, it's a project in Eastbourne, which was a former care home. 
It's um, 10,000 square foot, which we are converting into nine two-bedroom apartments. It's in kind of like the... They, they call it Little Chelsea. Like, it's very... Oh, wow. That's a bit of me. Love it's, it. It's, uh, is it? Is it a bit of me? It is a bit of me. Yes, it is a bit of me. Yes. <laughs> really? We've not seen that slide. Like, I don't show it to people that's like you. That's a bit of a... Tedges Vision. My high-class friends. Vision board of itself. Keep it bougie friends. Okay. Oh, my. It doesn't get much bougie the way you are. That's true. That's true. That's true. But, um... Yeah, it's a it's it's a big project, but it's really in be- like it's a beautiful period building, and it's like it it looks big, but doesn't it doesn't look as big as it actually is. If that makes any sense, it's a basement, like the, the, it's very very long, and it's just like it's just beautiful. And it was actually quite a big project, I think, to take on as a first as a first project together, and a first. Project- how did you how did you find it? Let's t- let's take everyone on the journey of this deal. Okay. So you're in, you're in business together. Yeah. You're looking for deals. Yeah. How did, how did you come up with this? So we had a sourcing agent show us a deal in Eastbourne. Like it was, I think it was like a 21 bed unit or something. And I was doing some research on um, comparables and just kind of calling up a few agents. And I spent about 45 minutes on the phone to this one agent, and he was giving me comparables in different areas of Eastbourne. Because actually, sounds very helpful for. Well, do you know what? He actually not ended up being. He ended up being not a very nice person. Oh. However. I think he thought he was going to get sales, so he was trying to be really nice, as, as all agents are. <clears throat> but he spent like 45 minutes on the phone explaining and giving me different comparables, sent me like a whole list of like brochures and ideas of other things that were on the market for my my comparables. And I think like, a, like less than a week later, he called me and he's like, listen, I've got this off-market deal. He's like, it's actually like someone on our books and they're selling this care home. Do you want to come and have a look? Um so we actually, I think that was a Friday maybe, or like a Thursday, we drove down on a Saturday, uh, we had a look at it, it was bloody freezing as well when we went, I think it was raining, we were just basically a bit, like, it's two, it's two hours away from us, so we went on a Saturday. And you he didn't show you any pictures, he just said, like, I've got a great deal, come down and see No, it. no, we like went, we obviously... Yeah, we, so saw the pi- we saw the pictures, we had a brochure, we kind of we had the information. Numbers. So you knew it was a potentially a deal? Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't view it if we hadn't worked out our numbers. It's a waste of our time, it's two hours car journey. We don't even do that if it's a property five minutes from us. I'm not, when yeah. We are yeah, not going to go yeah, and take yeah. time out to view if we haven't run numbers on it, because that's absolutely a pointless exercise. But do you think the other half of the exercise is that it could help build a relationship with an agent? Yes and no. And th- I think at this point, I, we are not going to drive two hours yeah, to, in that to sense, meet someone. Yeah. However, locally, it's kind of the, I think there's a balancing act. If we would live local to all of our investment areas, the argument for it would probably be yes. And we have done so. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've gone to an area and then booked in agent-like viewings yeah. for the sake of booking viewings because yeah, we're yeah. in the area. But we wouldn't sp- go and drive two hours just to go meet this, it's but it's quite hard as well when you invest all across the UK because can you imagine if we did that for every area that yeah. we invested in we'd spend half our life just chatting shit and, and driving or well, listening to the Tesla's podcast you could do <clears throat> I'm not a podcast listener in the car okay oh. sorry she is I'm not I can't I'm not going to lie I'm not going to sit and be like this I prefer one. it in headphones because I listen to it so fast it's easier in headphones what do you mean so fast so you can listen to it on two three times speed yeah. so I listen to it on like 2.8 so you learn more. Look how fast I speak. Like it's easy. For you. you get used to it. Trust me. One, one point five, two. I, I didn't even know you could do that. I think it's on normally one point five. No. It's normally on one, oh. but you can change it. You can make it even slower if you want slow motion. She's done. She would look at that. I don't. I can do that. But I'll give the two point eight. Turn it up on the speaker. Look at you learning. Look at you learning during the podcast. I'm not a huge. I'm not especially now. I find we're trapped like. Before we had a lot more time on the tube or like, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas now... time is reduced. And a lot of the time when we are going to site and stuff, we're always working. Yeah, we're very... very, We try to be very time productive. Mm. Uh, But yes, we we went... We drove down to to the viewing. We... Obviously, the numbers are kind of somewhat stacked up. We wanted to go see it. And we went back and forth with offers for about three months, I think. Because there were four different... um, business partners involved were other people offering at the same time i think there was a couple um but it was kind of a bidding war no not at all i I think the issue for a lot of people was it was actually a developer that was selling the site and they had gained um the benefit of planning okay they had bought the site to keep their they're a local developer in eastbourne um and they bought the site to basically keep their guys in work okay it's actually quite a common thing for people to do. 
especially if you're if you haven't got them if you haven't full time employed like they're not your contract yeah, firm, yeah. you don't particularly want them to go off to another job and then not have them ready to do your stuff kind of thing interesting yeah. so you find quite a lot of people do that especially developers so they had bought this site and what had happened is they had basically run out of money so their money was tied up they needed to release it it was the only pro project of theirs that they hadn't actually started on so it kind of made sense for them to um, offload it however there were four business partners that took you know it takes a long time to agree on anything say with two business partners let alone yeah. four so we went back and forth for I think three months and on the 1st of Feb we had our offer accepted of prayer 1.18 and so they've got planning permission to convert it from a care home into the nine two beds. Yes. And obviously there's planning there, so there's obviously the benefit of you would do that. But what stopped you from running it as a care home? Because they're quite profitable. I mean, that's just not really our... Or even leasing it to it, you didn't want to do anything in that sector. No, our whole business model, our whole business plan was to buy, do up, like convert and sell. So okay, that, was a, that was a firm model for us. And to be honest, at some point, maybe we might diversify again into something else. And I think if we were going to hold commercial leases for long term, I don't think care homes would be the way we would go forward. Probably not for us. So one point one eight, you said. Yeah. Is that what it's worth? Was that below what it's worth? It was below. At the time? So it was on for. I think they dropped it. So by the time we had, I think it was on for one point two five. Yep. One point two five. We got it for one point one eight. And how did you fund it? Split. Yeah. So we we put up cash ourselves for the deposit. Yeah, we had some investor finance, and then um, development loan. Okay. And was it easy getting development finance on kind of that? Because a lot of people when they start, they're like, "Oh my god, millions! A big number." Was it straightforward? I mean, I, I think I think the number didn't scare us too much, for the simple fact that we actually invest in London, so it's not mm. like we haven't seen that price point before. To be honest, I don't think either of us really sat there and like acknowledged the amount of money that was kind of crossing our path or was going to be because spent. Because I think we knew it worked, and yeah. the return kind of we kind of we knew it would work. You had you, sometimes you have to play with the big numbers in order to get the return, yeah. right? We looked for a very long time. Like we had looked for a project that fell into a number of different criteria. I think more so though with the lending, what was I think the lending was the hardest bit of the project for us mm. which is meant to be the easiest bit but we found the build process a much easier stage of the process than the lending because the lenders were a right pain to work with to be honest and at the start the, the requirements kept evolving and becoming a little bit more I would they say they kept moving the goalposts yeah and then we were satisfied one oh no you haven't done this well you didn't ask us for this and then you know it's just literally back and forth back and forth and it was like that for a period of about five weeks I think yeah it was very very every time my phone would ring and it would be Jasmine I'd be like I just don't even want to answer this because yeah. what's going to happen news. yeah it was always like for a period of time so we completed on in June of last year of 2019 how many months after offer accepted february four months wow we delayed we we, oh, we, okay. we had exchanged we had delayed matters we had I, th I don't even think we i think we exchanged in may yeah so we had like we had pushed it as far back as possible mm. like we had been a bit cheeky but it is what it is you, you take what you can get and we did. We also started somewhat of the tender process yeah. in between. So we had kind of started to do certain things. We were always committed to buying the deal, but I'm sure many, as many people know, the longer, the more time you can get and more stuff you can get in order before you start, mm. the more efficient your kind of process yeah. is going to be. But saying that, it actually has the, the funniest thing because the lender was, so we were ready, we picked our contractor. However, they were not satisfied, so we actually didn't get started on work until first of uh, the first week of October, even though we'd completed in June. Whoa! Yeah, so we had a lot of issues with this lender, and it was, how, but we had not did not know this before we had signed on the dotted line. Would like is it 
the lender's fault, the broker's fault? Were you not prepared? Who, like, why did it happen? I think it was really down to the lender. Yeah. Be- just because the, as Jasmine said, the goalposts literally kept moving day in, day out. New requirement, okay, satisfied. Literally 36 hours later, where's this? What have you done for this? And this, it's not stuff that wasn't being done, mm. but you know what it's like. Like, do you know, to try and get warranties for nine units, we had gone to six warranty providers in order to find the best possible cost. These things sometimes are not within your hands. No, mm. they wanted to go to like credit check. They and- wanted everything to be, literally they wanted our blood. More so, they wanted more than blood. They wanted everything. And the, and the sad thing was there was, you know, we, we had PG'd a lot of it. There was a lot... You, you know, it's one of those things because even now in COVID and with the lending process, it all kind of stopped and then it started again. And now they've, it is it is such a tedious process, even with like a buy-to-let lending, the whole valuation process is mm. frustrating. And now you kind of put that onto a development side of things. And we, we had to part fund the build. Just So the first one and a half valuations was funded by myself and Priya. And that was like just heavenly. Like we, we we had our own QS. We like we've had to hire our own QS, and we were very half half about doing that. We didn't particularly feel like it was needed. We had a project manager, although it was the contract as a project manager, but the, it was a requirement for the bank. So they're putting a lot of fees onto us, mm. and it's not like a small amount of money. Like they're thirty k fees. Like you know that they're. QS for a year, that is roughly about 30k. Basically, salary, isn't it? Sorted. And, it, salary, and you know, yeah. you've got to look at these things, and these fees are not, they're not like the exit fees goes up, and they've all got these requirements. We've got to pay for the bank's QS, and we've got to mm. do this, and we've got to do that, and blah, 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 blah. It's all this stuff, and all this. It, it almost felt like, I think it, we both made a decision at some point in our careers, we need to self fund, start to. Finish. So much easier, yeah. So much easier. I that's one of our long-term goals now is for our pipeline yeah. to be able... It's just... It's, it's cheaper as well. It's cheaper, but also it's just... For us, it's not even... I don't even think it's the cost. I think it's the fact that we can answer to ourselves. Mm. We don't need to have to... I don't, we don't like waiting on people. Mm. So, for example, this month, the valuation, the report was submitted a few days late due to bank holiday. So my contractor is waiting for funds. I'm then, we then receive yeah. funds late. Then funds are then having, you know, we have to do our, our making sure we're all good. Then forwarding on the funds. It's just head at hassle. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, over the next two, three projects, that's the kind of the end goal to be able just to yeah. not use banks if you had a private investor it would be just as easy we would would take on a private investor that would fund all of it and give them half the like you know when we're wanting to we understand that you've risked a lot and that's Mm. also where we put in a part of like our own monies because someone's putting that much money you've got to show a bit of skin in the game too it's not it's not a fair we are not believers of people giving all money to a project because that's just we would not invest in that project so we can't then it's the ethics that we're trying to bring to it but yeah so lending i mean we could sit here probably four or five hours and probably vent and kind of show you like go through issues and and pitfalls that we had with with this lender and would you work with them again no (laughs) and you know the funniest thing is we we both had a criteria we did not want the cheapest lender Mm -hmm. we said we wanted a reasonable like friend interest rate and someone easy to work with we were going to work with this these lenders for about 12 to 18 months we needed it to be not every single month ripping our hair out yeah and we aged okay yeah like, the amount honestly, of white hairs i have now we aged okay we 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 are old now i thought i was 30 i probably am 40 mentally i don't know what's happening exactly it, how you feel. it was just not okay but the funny thing is now we go into residential and we're like oh my god this is so easy this is so <laughs> nice i think i said to my dad once i was like we were buying this house or whatever and i was like dad this is like going to tesco's now Literally. i mean yeah once you've done the the super hard stuff it's yeah. just and it's just so much it's, it's just nicer it's more like comfortable everything's easy and obviously this will be the same in a few years time for us mm. but it kind of just pushed us and i think we're actually we're, we're nearly coming up to practical completion next month and we're actually it hasn't been that hard 
the build process. I think we're really good is in fact that we have a really good team mm. and our team always has solutions. And I think that's the most important thing because yeah. if there is an issue, okay, cool, tell me how you're going to rectify it or let's figure out a way to rectify it together. Mm-hmm. And um, we really do love our team in Eastbourne and they're really easy to work with. And I think that just really, really does help us a lot. Yeah. We are looking for another project within the East Sussex mm-hmm. area, people, because we love our contractors. So if you uh, know of any conversion projects, please let us know. Not everyone loves their contractors. I hate my past two ones I've had. We've so had, We've had bad experience, but these contractors... And you know what? I think it's a kind of a two-way thing. There's a big difference now, I believe, between a builder yes. and a contractor. Oh, yeah. So doubt. these guys, <clears throat> to call them builders is such a... It's, what's the word? It's such an... Inju- like, it's just what you call it. It's just rude, okay? Mm. And they I are, think they're very well established in the area. In the area. Phenomenal. And does that come with a price? Um, a, I little, a little bit, bit but... It's you know, worth it. It was definitely yeah. worth it. Like, 100%, like... They're easy to work with. Me and Priya have um, we we have our favourites. We, there's a project manager and a main kind of the, the owner of the, the business, and he's always involved. We have favourites. They have favourites. That works to everybody's advantage. We stay on top of everything. We message. We we call. But I think the thing about contractors is it works both ways. So we might say they're great contractors, but you also want them to say that we're great clients. Mm. We pay on time. We will. If the, if the bank pays us, we pay on time. Yeah. But we've got a 14-day period. We've never paid late. Um, we always we always are very open to taking phone calls. We make quick decisions. You know, we have open and honest conversations. And we agree everything, for the most part, beforehand. And these contractors, they had 12 months to finish. So they had until October to finish. Even with COVID, they will be finishing on time. And they wow. were not on site for four weeks and they've had lots of delays of materials. Like, wow. we, the the lending was an absolute... Shit show. Yep. But the contractor side of it has been breezy. And how, how would you advise people they find contractors for development deals? So we took a long time to find the right contractor and we started, I think, from when our offer got accepted, making uh-huh. calls... So initially what we did is we um, spoke to our architect, who's also based in Eastbourne. He gave us a few leads. We spoke to the agent who we were buying from for a few leads. It's always better to know what's going on in the area as opposed to taking our team from wherever. Mm. So we kind of started from that. Then we used good old Google, had a search. I think we called about 10 contractors. Um, We set up um, times to meet them on the site. So they, they had the plans and everything ahead, so they've seen the scheme, they know what's it, what it was about. Um, we met all 10 on site um, for an hour each mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of got a feel for them. They got a feel for us, they got a feel for the works. And kind of just, you can tell by the way in which they show up to site, the way in which they, you know, that they're, they're, that they're looking at the building. Obviously, we know what's going on, but we kind of stay very quiet. We like yeah. to make sure that they know what's going on. Also, a lot of them are kind of were a bit put off that we were two young girls. We had a couple that tried to take the Piss. mick. Yeah, we we actually had to because of the bank had to go to tender process. That was the criteria. Yeah, so we we had a favourite, and we had a gut instinct with them, but we didn't know them right. So we had to, I guess the t- and the tender process was a requirement. So we had our QS come up with the tender pack and out of the 10, only six of them, I think, filled out the tender process. So called that's eliminated yeah. four. And then we went, we met, we then had like two kind of front runners. Um, we kind of found that with the six that came back, you had one, one that was super low in terms of pricing that they quoted. We had two that were Similar. ridiculously high. And then you had like a couple in the middle. So... We kind of picked from them, but we, we had two we kind of liked. We then viewed their work. Yeah. We called previous projects, so we asked them to provide us with information of their last six projects wow. and the detail and um, the schemes and things to see if there any was kind of very similar. Mm-hmm. In Eastbourne, mm-hmm. a lot of care homes are being converted, so you can tell the main big contractors that win the jobs anyway from afar. So we did that. We then met with them again. We met at their offices to make sure that they're, you know, not just kind of a two-man not that there's anything wrong with that but when you're doing such a big project you need yeah. to have the comfort in your team and then we kind of made the decision back and forth it took some time just because 
you know, to collate all that information, our tender document was what, 400 pages, Jasmine? Oh my god, it was an absolute. That's weird. what you sent out to the builders to, to, to contract complete. this to. Oh no, I don't think the tender book was it that, was it 400? But no, it was like 180. I think it was like 400. Well, it was a lot of pages. Was a lot of pages. Or was that our contract? Maybe it was that tender and the contract combined. Yeah, was maybe it was. We yeah. had like a lot, really wow. a lot, like. So it was a lot, it was a lot for them to do, but if you didn't want to do the work, then you could kind of. So if you're bidding for like a, like a, a job that's worth over a million, you can take, you should take some time out, you know, like, and that's what we learned. We've never done the tender process before. We felt like it was a bit excessive, but we learned a lot. I think we, the people listening who are doing like residential, by like HMOs, whatever, hearing a 400 page document, like for me hearing that, I'm like, huh? My contract is an email or it's a page or two pages. Yeah. So it's such a big difference that people don't want to hear. Yeah. Like they don't want to hear you say 400 page document. They just want to make half, half the, a million profit. But, but this for, is the reality. But for contractors in, in the game doing that, that's, for, for example, the four that didn't want to complete it, you knew they couldn't do the job because they didn't want to complete it. But the six that did complete it, and the I think the three that the top three that we really liked, they did it and they did it well yeah. because they do it day in day out, and those are the type of projects they're working with. Anyway, we decided on contractor. We it was, kind our, of, it was our gut instinct yeah. one. We liked him from the beginning. It could have saved ourselves about four four or five months, but, but we couldn't because of the bank. The bank wouldn't start lending. So it was all like a, literally a pot of worms that we opened, yeah. essentially. Anyway, we got on site, had a few issues, as in one of the issues, like structural issues, issues that are obviously going to come up in every project, roofing issues, basement issues. And was it a full back to brick, total refresh? Yeah. So there's part extension. I think the extension was about 1,500 square foot that was added to the building. We removed a lift, we removed staircases. We tanked a basement, we had to lower flooring, we had to hire a ceiling. Restore windows. Restore windows. I mean, Is we it had... a listed building? No. no. But it should, I mean, to be honest, it should be. And we really tried to keep the features as much as possible. I think there was like, oh, we, we had a window schedule and there's like 59 yeah. windows. And not including any of the doors or any of the new windows. And we were like, which window? Let's do a window schedule. You're like, what is happening? We actually <laughs> viewed a lot of con- conversion projects in Eastbourne just to get a feel of what the market actually wanted. Mm. And one of the things that we really didn't like and why how we wanted to make our development a little bit more different was the fact that all the period buildings that had been converted previously, they didn't keep any of the existing features. Yeah. So the mm. high ceilings, the skirtings, like the, Ooh, the arc, what do you call it, the architecture? And then, like, we've got a lot of ceilings that kind of, I don't know what you call them, like U-shaped. They have, like, a beam or they have, like, like, they have a curve in it. And they're just pretty. Yeah, they are. Um, And they add a lot of feature onto the the projects. And then, so what we were seeing was essentially a lovely, beautiful building, Mm. but inside it was like a London new build. And it was, just, really, it was oh. really mismatched and it didn't it didn't work yeah, for us. Yeah. So then we'd walk into the building and we'd like we're not like trying to be rude to other developers, each to their own, but it wasn't us. Mm. It just was not you us. You can feel when it's just like cookie cutter or standard bog stand to come in, paint. We, we were always moaning about the um the the, the communal area of a building. Because there's always yeah, like office average. it was like office like carpets. I was oh, like, I feel like I'm in an that. office. This is so rubbish. Mm. I've seen some nice ones though. Some some developers really put a bit of effort into like making it nice, but generally, yeah, it just looks like a yeah, yeah it looks like an office, like a common room. So, you know, with these flats, are they high end, mid end, low end? What kind of finish are you going for in them? Who's your target market? Who's going to buy them? Anybody. <laughs> Do you want? <laughs> Anybody mm, looking for a two-bedroom flat in East Sussex, please? I'm sure it's a lovely area. Um, due to the area in which we're in in Eastbourne, it's kind of the upmarket mall area of Eastbourne. So our price point is in line with that. Um, our target market is a little varied due to the demographics of Eastbourne. So we have people that are looking to downsize mm-hmm. and retirement, um, basically retired, downsize. The homes in Eastbourne are naturally huge mm. compared to London and oh, yeah. so a lot of people will want to downsize you also have um, because of the size of the flats you could also we have a lot of people who are like first having their first child kind of buying mm. their first, getting on the property ladder that kind of thing and um, it's also a commuter town because we're not far from Brighton oh, okay. Brighton also has its university campuses on the same road on the same road as um, Denton Road yeah and um um, investors essentially a lot of people invest in Eastbourne from all across the UK and how much did the refurb cost so in for 1.18 mm-hmm. refurb is including fees or excluding Le- give me both separate 
Mm. One, I think I. Or give me all in if you know all in. Okay, so um, hang on, we're one point two for the build. No, no, one point one for the build, and a hundred, just over a hundred for fees. Okay. An end value of three mil. Yeah. And you're selling them all. You're not keeping a single one. No, Amazon freehold. Yeah. And what's the profit going to be on the deal? I'll let you know when we sell everything. <laughs> what's the projected spreadsheet with? Half a mil. And why did you? I get called the spreadsheet with? Because you love spreadsheets. You oh should see my new spreadsheet. Oh well, yeah. then that's why I let called me, you it. Let, let, you know what? For, I didn't. I don't even really like prayer. But prayer <laughs> is so good at spreadsheets. That's <laughs> why I keep her around. No messing. Priya is. Uh, I I just cannot even tell you how amazing she is with admin and with spreadsheets. She's admin, great admin qualification. As you all know, Priya says she is not friendly, but let me tell you something. She, what she lacks in friendliness, <laughs> I can do in a spreadsheet. Actually, yes, my spreadsheets got ripped to shreds last weekend by my little cousin. Oh wow! And that was quite embarrassing. But he is a genius. And we work together on our spreadsheets. And I love that. Well, he works in real estate for Deutsche Bank. Fair so enough. On a grad scheme there. I thought it was like a nine-year-old ripping your shreds, but no, no he's an no. older cousin. Friend. I mean, he's still younger than me. He's 21. But he's a smart kid, and he helped us out a lot. Yeah, shout mm. out. So, half a mil, <laughs> and how long does it? How long will it take from you, mm, let's say, getting the keys to you making all that profit do you think obviously it hasn't happened yet but well, what's hard, the time frame it's hard to say now because of covid so we were supposed to start our marketing and launch date at the end of april we oh, didn't okay, actually wow. do it now because of covid until august mm -hmm. so we're four months delayed on how far we're going to go back so that was a bit frustrating so We've been on for about a month and we've had a lot of interest and we've kind of got, we're not really saying anything about that at the moment because we let's just see where the, what's the way where the cards end up. But it's at least a year, right? Oh my goodness, yes. Yes, good. Like, I think probably from when you get your keys and you own it to when we actually sell everything and what have you, will be two years. Okay. It's good for people to hear that because development, I think you have two camps. Yeah, we're not having a Rolex overnight, everybody. Yeah, not yet anyway. Um, a lot of people talk about it like that, and then some people talk about it realistically like this, but it's important for people to know it is important it's not a flip in two, three the months. Issue, the the thing is, I think, in order for us to get whatever we want, or be financially free, or whatever you want to call it, is you need the pipeline, yeah. especially in commercial projects. Because as you're coming out to an end of one of them, you need to be starting, or if not midway through another, yeah. in order to be building up funds over a period of time. Otherwise, it gets to a point where you use your funds as your living expenses and the funds dry up and you kind of start almost from again, proof mm. correct. Interesting. And um, what are your key tips for building a pipeline then? So we're working on that and we kind of... I think in our business, that's our major setback probably due to COVID because we were very, very on it prior to COVID and towards the end of last year. We've got a lot of things going on in our life over the next 18 months. So we kind of, our goals for this year was predominantly to be in another project by now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we're not, but we are, we obviously are always looking. And we're not working. in another big commercial project. Oh, for sure. We're in other projects, just but, not yeah. to this caliber of projects. Yeah. What an amazing project, though. It's it like, is, wow. but we need about 10 more. I mean, I feel like maybe not 10 more, because... Maybe. I mean, 10 more sounds good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know... Uh, aren't, you both, aren't you both famous now, obviously, apart from Tesh Talks? Aren't you in a publication or something? Yes, we are in this month's YPN. Oh, yeah. So oh, do um, yeah, Why did you forget? Yeah, I was thinking, what is he talking That's about? Nice. Uh, talking about this deal. Yeah. So, so if people want to see how it looks... So we, we do a lot of residential projects. But we don't really talk about them too much. So we really should. We really yeah. should. You know, like, what do you do residentially? Talk to me. Uh, it, it's a really big caveat that me and Priya have always wanted to put forward. Mm. And I, it's more so Priya that's quite big on this than I am, if mm. I'm honest. Is that we've been to very many events and people want to go into commercial just like that. Mm. They've, they've been on a free two-hour seminar. They've, been on, like, you, they've yeah. been on like a three-day seminar. And they're like, we're in commercial. We do, we're doing commercial conversions. Like... It's not that we're not here for everybody to be doing what they're doing. Mm. Um, if you're doing it, phenomenal. Like, But there's a lot of effort that goes in. There's a lot of understanding. And we have not come from... We, we, have, we have a background in property. We have 
somewhat of a portfolio behind us, finances, experience, knowledge, behind a network behind us. And we went into a project. We'd educated on commercial conversions as well. So when we went into this project, there was just so much stuff that's so different to residential. Sometimes there are transferable skills. And sometimes just because it's in the property field does not mean that you actually know everything. Like you cannot transfer it over to commercial conversions. Especially between commercial projects. So yeah. we've done other commercial projects prior to this. Uh -huh. And they have been so different. I think we've done about four now prior to this Denton Road. Yeah. And each project is just so, so different from one another. So everyone's a different challenge. And that's mm -hmm. what we like about it and that's why we continually want to do it. And that's why for us, residential is a little bit more, not on the back burner because we're really active, especially at the moment. Yeah. And we've got a lot of projects coming to fruition in the next few weeks. But the commercial is our essentially our focus to build that pipeline. Yeah. Because with, with residential, we can do it. We know we can do it and we kind of, it kind of feeds us mm. as such. So, and that's yeah. what we're, that's why this is our biggest, at the forefront of our business, because this is the challenge. If we say to each other, let's find, go and find a flip. Let's go and find HMO. Let's go and do this. Let's go and do that. Nine times out of 10, we're, we're good. Yeah. We're sorted. So investing in London, a lot of people don't do it yeah. because you can go north, east, west, south, wherever and get high yields, <clears throat> put all your money back out, etc. Mm -hmm. Why do you hold in London? Or do you? Yeah, we do hold. Both of us do. There's many reasons. Um, capital, capital appreciation. Um, for We live in London. We like to invest locally. The capital's great. But also there is a market. I might not be hitting that 30% ROI here, whatever. But I can guarantee you that in two years of time, I can pull out all my money and more if I bought a, 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 like a little bit below market value. I can guarantee you that I've been doing it 10 years. I, I know that factually. Whereas my my, my multi-let or my buy-to-let in Middlesbrough, I'm not pulling out. I, it's not doubling in value. Yeah. It, I bought it 40. It's valued at 65. It's not getting to 130. Okay? <laughs> it's just not. It's not happening. And if it is, it's not happening in 10 years. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So that, that I we believe that there has to be a balance so we can go for the high yielding cash flowing properties, which of course we need and want, but we also need the the capital behind us, the equity behind us, and for our retirement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe not even retirement, just just you know, for those Rolexes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's but, interesting you know. because, like, yeah, I think with London, it's long term. You have to have more capital up front. And you yeah. have to be prepared to wait to then get it out. Whereas up north, less capital, and you can pull it out maybe straight away. So yeah. it's kind of two different strategies. So um, social media. Yeah. You, how long have you both had an Instagram profile for? Since March. March Six the 1st. Okay. And yeah, it was after March the 1st. Yeah. I what checked the schedule the other day. What made you start it? Because before that you were Oh, you Ted, you just want a little bit of a shower here. You, so you never you? say thanks. You never say thanks. We, we definitely said thanks. We no, thought you were nanders. Was that not a thanks? Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't get the full platter. We'll go after this, Ted. How about that? No, can't go and die. Um, so, um, so, to be honest, the social media was always on our horizons. It was always something we knew we had to do, we knew we should do, but it kind of kept getting put bottom of the list because we didn't actually want to do it. Because we didn't want to do it, and also <laughs> you still want to do it now? Probably not. Um, no, it's some days yes, some days no. Yeah, I think you know, it's life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, some days yes, very much so. And some days you're like, oh my goodness, like it's too much. And especially because it's on your phone 24 mm. 7. And even like, for for example, over the weekend, my sister got married. And I was just like, I just don't have the time for this. Like, yeah, you, you just, you, ju you just don't, you, you can't do everything. And when it's on your phone as well, then you're continually reminded of it. I'm like sitting yeah. in the wedding. Oh, Ted's just liked your picture. Thanks, Ted. But now I've got to go and do something back to it. You've just commented, blah, blah, blah. And that's one of the reasons we kind of, we want to get a VA to help with the social media, but we still want to be very hands-on yeah. because we believe that those comments and those, the engagement and the kind of the, it is a form of networking. Mm, yeah, of course. Should, now, now especially is. Yeah. yeah, should be from us more mm -hmm. so. Yeah, we don't want someone just randomly commenting like, love this post because 
did you love it? Like, yeah. we, we wanted that we want the com- like that kind of engagement part of it to be us. But We actually got a really nice message this morning. I don't know if you read it, because I read it, and that's sometimes an issue for us. Yeah, because we're both on it, right? So mm. sometimes if she reads okay. a message, I don't see it, or vice versa. I'm just trying to load it. Do you find it really slows your phone down? No. I think also what you said about responding to people, I think if you build it into your schedule and you kind of resist the urge to reply instantly, it becomes a lot easier. Yeah. I used to reply instantly, so now I'm just like, nope, I'm working, so I'll get to this in three hours. And people understand more. I don't think people expect it so much. I don't no, know. It's no, not, it's not so much, but it really did take on like a like a life of its own and we're really grateful for it to be honest because mm. we didn't expect to, to respond no uh, no not not even the slightest so i think we started it because it was a challenge and it's something that both of us were super uncomfortable with and i guess it's that whole thing of if it makes you uncomfortable you should try it like and you were never going to do videos were you i heard you were refusing when i spoke to you and now uh, yeah. see, well, i see but, the videos but you know we have to like give ourselves it's, like we have to ease steady. into it it's good and it's also it's a huge learning curve and i think especially it came at a good time for us because in lockdown we got to meet some really, really cool people. Yeah. Um, probably people that may not have crossed our paths in natural life due to geographical area and kind of things like that. Mm. So it's been a real great learning curve and probably one of our greatest achievements of this year. I would definitely agree with that because not even just obviously on paper, it's great what we've done, but really quite like a like a fear and a challenge both of us kind of... We didn't even tell a lot of our friends what we did, like exactly to the extent of what we were doing. So now, like, we've had lots of friends and family follow us. It's become a topic of conversation a bit more. And it's really, like, mentally for us, it's been a great challenge that we've overcome. And I think that's been a great achievement that has to be acknowledged by both of us. Amazing. What was this message you got yeah. this morning? Read oh, it out for everyone. Yeah, read so it out. So you can see the positivity on social media. Actually, I don't want to read this one out. We actually got a real much nicer one from this... Um, it was actually after we did another podcast. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um... If it was James, big up James. Yeah, it was with James on our podcast, and it was from that guy. Remember, he said um, something like, "I wish my daughters would be oh, yeah. as oh, much." Yeah. As you- that was a really nice comment. How do you know? You showed it to me. Oh, I didn't show it. I didn't show it to you. Someone showed me a comment saying exactly that. I'm pretty sure both of you showed it to one of you. Showed it I, to me. Anyway, um, it was really nice, and he said that when his daughter comes of an age he would really like her to kind of explore the options on the avenues that we have and be as motivated yeah. and kind of get involved as uh, from an early age. And that was really, really nice. But this morning, this man sent us a message saying, um, keep up the great content. It's one of my favourite pages to follow on Instagram. Straight to the point and great development knowledge. I agree. You've grown very quickly. You know, I was looking at profile the other day and for people who are new to it and who were uncomfortable with it, like the engagement is top. You know, good content yeah. and people are really engaging with you. It takes Thank time. You. Yeah, well, patience. But hey, listen, you've done it pretty quickly. Um, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh. Like, well, like, fam- like famous people or like... Yeah, could be. Most people say like someone famous, Michael Jordan or, you know, whoever. Yeah, it's but... not like family, that's weird. Yeah. I would, I would say family, but no one in Broadbelt knows my family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Who famous people? Are, you know, people people know. Oh, that's hard. Who do you want to learn from? Um, I think Michelle Obama yeah. mm. would be a really cool one to have dinner with. Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. Mm. That would be fascinating. I really like Mark Cuban, and I don't know why. But I, I really thought you wouldn't like him. I really like him. I, I, I find him like very direct. I find him really interesting because he diversifies his businesses. Like, I kind of see. I don't really know him. But I know what he looks like. I, I actually don't stuff. know him. If I, Kavi, I don't know. Also, him. you were like. No, we're not best friends. Friend. Yeah. I just watch. Listen, I watched him on together, Shark no? Tank, and I like him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll accept those answers. Right, quick fire round. Um, what are your top three tips for people who are new in property? Anything to persevere, keep going. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Love um, it. Oh, okay. Was that three? You said two, you said one? Oh, that's fine, yeah. Go on, give your fourth no, one. No, I don't want to now. Go on. No, because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are the biggest mistakes you've both made in property? Three biggest mistakes. Ooh. Veteran, look at that. Made ma- many mistakes. Um, if I'm honest, I think both of us had this one was not believing in ourselves soon enough. It took a long time for us to be quite Fine comfortable down. in our shoes mm. in our own, in our, and in our own path and journey and our capabilities. And that, I think, has held us 
back greatly in terms of time, of timelines of, of how women started different projects and and our property journey. I think... Um, oh, it's gone out of my head again. This hair is just too much for me. Um, <laughs> how, did you, how did you get through and develop that confidence then? Because a lot of people are going to be facing the same thing. How did you get through it? For me, I think it's still a struggle till this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I've always found, regardless, throughout my whole life, that I'm only going to be more comfortable in something the longer I do it and the more practice I get at it. And for me, it's kind of... Um, it's more of a it's a constant daily thing as opposed to something that's gonna I'm not gonna wake up tomorrow and think oh yeah I can do this because I know I can do it but you have to keep on learning and keep on challenging yourself and then the goalpost changes day in day out so for example we've just done this Denton Road project what is our next project it's not going to be like a if in the stages of progression it should something be it should be something a little bit bit more challenging or a little bit more different so we continually to learn and that's i think one of the reasons jasmine and i are both in property is the fact we keep wanting to grow and learn and especially i know when i was in banking you can become quite stagnant at points and then get quite bored yeah and that's not something we want to do or be i think it's important i think it's I don't know. There's, there's so many different reasons where you, you, you com- like comparisons of what you're doing at what point in your journey you're at and what point someone else is at and what they're doing and what you're not doing. You know, that was a big thing for me, if I'm honest. And that's prior to social media. So, actually, social media has made me feel better about it in a very weird way. However, I think I've learned, and it's taken a long time to learn it, is that if I buy in London, it's not wrong or it's not right. If I buy. If, I, if I'm doing it my own way, so long as I'm making money, what it doesn't really matter how many I'm buying a year and to the, uh, to the amount I'm buying a year and exactly that kind of thing. I don't think it matters. I think there's too many people out there saying I buy 30 properties a year and I'm worth this much money and this is how quickly I did it. And I get it because it sells and I understand, but I think it's not so, so much quantity. What is the... What's not... Quantity is quality, I suppose. But also, I think we had this conversation a few days ago, and obviously before I kind of, when I first started, you only, I only knew what my dad did. Mm. I only knew what my uncle did. I only knew what my other uncle did, and it was kind of, that was the bubble I was in, because I, I was new. I just started, yeah. just left my job. And as you kind of venture out on that, I, if, if I give an example of my own house, my dad's got one brother, they're both in property, what my uncle does and what my dad does is so varied neither are right neither are wrong but it's fulfilling their purpose and i think a lot of people especially on social media are not wary of that Mm. and it becomes quite judgmental Mm. and then you kind of feel like you're doing something incorrectly when as long as it's like we had this conversation as long as it's serving your purpose and it's fulfilling those goals that you need to meet it shouldn't matter how how you're getting there as long as you're getting there you shouldn't compare and yeah, that, those goals are different. And yeah, for sure. And I think that with social media, sometimes I've had days where I've gone on social media and I'm just thinking, shut the fuck up. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't actually like, you know when you kind of works on top of you, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like social media is just not the place for me to be because it's kind of, it doesn't necessarily always tell you about those bad days. No. Oh yeah. And course. when you're kind of sitting there and you're trying, you're sitting there with a deal analyzer like I was last Saturday for nearly 11 hours looking at a spreadsheet happens at, at literally wanting to shoot I, I think i messaged jasmine i was like i want to shoot myself in the head i'm going out now and we'll talk about it tomorrow <laughs> because it was just like it was just yeah. too much yeah but when you have like but it's peaks and troughs you're gonna have days where like when our ypm came out last week we were it was amazing yeah it was good day. even though we forgot but like... <laughs> oh my god true story praise dad sent us yeah. the, the, the pdf i was like oh my god this is so oh, bad <laughs> No, I love that. And I think that's a really good way to end it. You know, everyone is different. They have their own journeys. They have their own end goals. Some people are happy with one house, someone 100, someone 12, someone in London, someone in Spain. It doesn't matter. No. As long as you're doing your thing. Yeah. Um, and social media is good uh-huh. and good. bad. And thank you, Ted, for giving us that push because I know you're waiting for that. I no. wasn't, but thank you so much. <laughs> I'll, I'll amplify that so everyone really hears that. Any closing thoughts you want to leave people with? Um, just, I feel like we should be really philosophical with this. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I feel like we're philosophical. But I'm really, I'm really not sure with this. I'm quite people. tired. Oh, I didn't realise how tiring this would be. Okay, so everyone's tired. <laughs> no, I'm not tired. I, I don't. I just, I don't know. I think it just is. Just enjoy the journey. I guess that's the only Have kind fun. of. 
we have so much fun and okay? we have fun Fridays I mean, I don't know where. I think I think she watched TV before this fun Fridays. It's been like a running commentary throughout like COVID. Fun Fridays. I'm like, mm, okay. But seriously, I think have fun. We do. We have like really, really hard days, and some mm. days are just too much. Yeah. And some days, they're just you think, what am I? Why did I even oh. do this? But then to some myself? days, but some days are so much fun. Some days, like yeah. some days are so much fun. I like the first five days of the month because the rent comes in. You're like, it's not even for me. It's, it's not like, even that. It's, it's like, not actually money related, and that's what's actually crazy about us because it's really not been. We never like say to each other today was rent day or today was mm. payday or like yeah, with the other day. I think it was yesterday. I, I got we got paid up from our valuation and then <laughs> I made the payments. It was so like it was such an. But some days you achieve something mm. you didn't quite think you would achieve, like oh, the day so of the YPN, yeah. and it was—it's a moment, mm. like but it's also a challenge. It's, a it's yeah. not even for us. Sometimes it's not even the milestones. It's like, for example, I like for me after COVID and we kind of went back to site and stuff. We just had so much fun going to site in the car. We were doing work. We were chatting. Drip. We were listening to music. We're getting our stuff done. We got to site. We had a great day. We got home. We had Nando's. It was great. I mean, look, you have an accomplished feeling of when you mm. go onto a site and you'd be like, "We bought this as an absolute <laughs> derelict building that yeah. was like looked like it's going to fall down, and now look at it like it's mm. the day that we saw our show flat finished. It's the best. It's feeling, like right? such an amazing feeling, and I think as many good days as there are bad, and you've just got kind of got to just ugh, enjoy the journey for what it is. That's what I think it is. And I, th- I think what Jasmine said, it's not always about the money. No, it's not. You can't be in property just for the money because you, you will be hate, you'll hate your life. You absolutely will. Because you'll wait for that payday, mate, and then that's very far <laughs> and in between. Trust me, I hate it despite the money. Right, um, what is your Instagram tag if people don't know? Um, the Hard Hat Developers. At the Hard Hat Developers. Yeah. Everyone give Free and Jasmine a follow. Thank you yeah. so much Thank for you. coming on the podcast. Then you can have a nap now. Oh, thanks. <laughs> If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.